In a culture of people focused on self-glorification, personal gain, and Instagram over experiences, to truly serve God, love people, and tell your own story, well that, that is living boldly. Over these next few minutes, we want to explore what living for God in this crazy culture looks like and how we can daily make that choice to live bold. Welcome to the Live Bold Podcast. Everybody, welcome to the Live Bold Podcast. Finally, um, on the microphones again. My name is Harold. I've got Christian sitting across the table, uh, as usual. How are you doing, brother? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing really, really well. I'm glad that you could hop back on today and we could talk a little bit more. We've kind of gotten back into the rhythm of things, I guess you could say. Um, got our schedules worked out. Got the kind of every week, every two weeks recording schedule figured <laughs> out finally <laughs> so we are back and we are enjoying it i hope you guys the listeners are doing well um i know that sometimes you catch this podcast on your way to work or on your way back from work or traveling or whenever you listen to podcasts we really really appreciate it we really appreciate you guys tuning on in and of course you can listen to this show anywhere that you listen to podcasts it's not just on spotify <clears throat> or Anchor or anything like that. It is everywhere. So wherever you like to find your podcast, just search it out, Live Bold Podcast, and uh, we'd be glad to get your listeners there. We'd be glad for you to be there. Well, you're for doing sure. well. You're doing well, Christian? Yeah, yeah. You know, just uh, I'm tired of snow, but I'm doing good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he uh, he showed me the outside before, or the outside, wow, the snow outside before we <laughs> got outside. on the microphone. And I was like, huh. <laughs> kind of jealous of that because we've had no snow we've had cold but no snow and now it's like 50 degrees and still no snow so <laughs> i don't know i'm kind of jealous of that but oh don't be jealous for long but no <laughs> yeah, that's, that's springtime in the northwest you never know what you're that's, gonna get it's true that's uh, very no true matter, <laughs> no matter what state out of this area you're in you just never know and it could be snowy and then gone in a few minutes really so it's, yeah, it's like a box of chocolates like four like Forrest Gump. Okay, wow. anyway. <laughs> well, you thinking, you thinking about a box of chocolates, Christian? I mean, it was just Valentine's Day less than a week or a week you ago. You know, I did I buy I myself say. Panda Express, if that counts. So, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so you had a great uh, Valentine's Day. I did. I did. Oh, man, I did. <laughs> well, ladies, just so you know, this other one over here is available. And me, I am fully taken and extremely very loved by my wife, so don't even try. But that one, Christian. <laughs> don't even try. You should go for it. Um, you can you can find us on Facebook at the Live Bold Podcast, and anything you say, I can get it directly to Christian, all right? So <laughs> no need to keep it confidential. I'll just give you his number or something. Oh, boy. No. <laughs> Well, if you didn't know, we're talking about love today. So yes, no, there you go. Transition <laughs> right into it. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about love a little bit today. It is still the end of February. Um, probably when you're listening to this, it might still be February. I don't know. You live your own life, but February <laughs> is like 
kind of all consumed by this idea. It's mainly marketing, let's be honest, but Valentine's Day is in February, so like everybody embraces that. It's the month of love. And we had Valentine's Day 10 days ago here when we're recording this. And conveniently enough, I've spent this month, I've uh, every sermon I've given, four sermons I'm going to give here in February about love in various different ways. So if you're a member of the Riverton Church, you might have heard some of this stuff we're going to talk about today, but now you got Christian too, so that's yeah, even yeah. bonus points. But yeah, we're talking <laughs> talking about love, talking about love. And I think the the hardest question about love for like everyone, are you ready for I'm this? Ready. It's I'm ready. What, what is love? Baby, don't hurt oh, no, that's going to be don't terrible. Hurt don't hurt me. Don't no more. more. <laughs> that's gonna be beautiful <laughs> that's it's gonna be so good i hope you guys enjoy that but seriously you're welcome what is love so christian you're a bachelor you you are yeah. looking for love what is it <laughs> that's a you know that's a loaded question here uh i really think love stems down to being selfless for another person um the love that i seek in individuals whether it's you know, we, we could talk about all the different Greek words for love and all the different love connotations that are out there. But when it boils down to it, it's about self-sacrifice. Um, and if you look at any of the Greek words, and I actually talked about this to my youth, because, um, you know, they're at a stage right now where, where uh, you know, high school and middle school, you're in those awkward stages of, okay, well, what <laughs> sure. is love? You're literally asking that question, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, from growing up and from, from going through a lot of different Let's just say heartbreaks. I don't know. Going through a lot of experiences. That's what I'll say. Um, I've experienced that, you know, love is really about self-sacrifice. You look at any of the Greek languages for love, you know, phila, brotherly love, you Mm -hmm. know, self-sacrifice for your brother. Um, A lot of different things, you know, eros, same thing. Um, I can keep going and be all scholarly on you, but I guess I'll boil it down to just being self-sacrificing. So that's my take. And something actually I haven't done much of when I've been talking about love this month is haven't talked about the Greek words for love. And, and it's, that's a really interesting thing. I think a lot of people can Mm -hmm. really get into that, but it kind of just breaks down um, these different types of love. I mean, sexual, like passionate love or like deep friendship that you've built over years um, playing and like, but then it comes all down to this idea of agape. And that's what most yeah. of the time uh, we talk about as Christians, especially when we talk about love, because it's agape <clears throat> is this this gift of love. It's sacrificial and it, it's, it overcomes all other loves. Like mm. lust and playful and friendship are great, but agape is this big self-sacrifice like you're talking about um, for yeah. covering all of these loves and, and just kind of leaving everyone else in the dust. So, so yeah, uh, it, it, what is love? So let's talk about that a little bit tonight or, or today. I don't know when you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting um, because like we were talking about, there's different words for love. <laughs> But yet, I think, this is my opinion, and some people have already heard this if you heard my sermon, I think we don't have a good grasp on it culturally at all. No. No. What do you think? (laughs) I would agree with that, Harold. (laughs) Why do you think that is? You know, I think it it stems down, you know, you look at Valentine's Day is probably the greatest example of our misuse for love. Because 
you know, you talked about it being marketing. Well, you should know a little <laughs> thing or two about marketing, but uh, w- <laughs> I'll tell you a story. I was in Walmart the day of Valentine's Day, which I don't know why. You know, I just got back from getting Panda Express. I was like, oh, I'll grab a, you know, a soda <laughs> or something Panda to Express. go with. Hey, man, it's good anyway. stuff. Anyway, uh, not a sponsor, but it's good stuff. All right. Um, so, like, I'm in... I'm in this. I'm in the store, and um, I just see people carrying teddy bears and chocolates and little hearts and everything. They're standing in line. One guy has flowers, so I, I went up to one guy, and I was standing in line, and here I am with a Mountain Dew and a video <laughs> game, <laughs> and um, I'm yes. just standing there awkwardly. And he turns around, and he's like, "Oh, are you getting that for someone you love?" And I'm like, "Yeah." Kind of, yeah, getting it for myself, you know, that type of self-love thing. Yeah, he's like, oh, man. And I, I got into this conversation with him, and he told me, he's like, the one thing that I see a problem with with love, like this is a long line, you know, it's it's the self-checkout line in Walmart where no one wants to talk to anyone, so of course it's long. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I'm talking to him about this, and I, we get down to how commercialized love has been in our culture. Yeah. Um, and I go home and I, and I think about it. And when you look online, you see the example of what love is, is, well, you got to meet someone, you got to, um, that's the only type of love that the media really pushes. They mm. pushes that love that is kind of a lustful love almost. Oh, yeah. Um, and that, which is like way far from what even the Greek word for sexual love is way far from where we have brought that in today's society, I would say. Yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's unfortunate. Um I think we've struggled with this for a long time. You know, at least like a North American culture, all right. I'll say that. I can't speak for everyone else, but <laughs> but especially like our generation. Um, you know, our generation, the end of high school, college uh, is when like Tinder started to be a thing and now there's like Oh boy. <laughs> All of these, hey, hey, I'm going to date myself a little bit here. You probably don't even know about this one. I remember when Yik Yak was still not banned. No, I remember Yik Yak. Yeah. That was was the, like, coolest thing in college. And then, you know, there was (laughs) bomb threats and things like that. But anyway, but we've grown up in that that culture, and that's what love has been boiled down to. Yeah. And I mean... If, if we're really honest with everyone and, and those of us who have been in this like internet culture, honestly, Tinder and, and apps like that are not love apps. They're just hookup apps. They're just mm-hmm. sex or connection, but I, they're not really, really love because love is not something you can get from just an app. And it's interesting because I think our culture or cultures in general have struggled with what is love for a long, long time. And Mm -hmm. one of the examples I used when I gave this sermon is like over 70 years ago, uh, Dean Martin wrote, that's Amore. And I don't know if you've you've probably heard that song, right? Yeah. I saw that clip. Yeah. It's one of the (laughs) most famous love songs ever, but it says absolutely nothing about what love really is. (laughs) I mean, one of the most pivotal lines in that <laughs> song is when the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie. When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's amore. That's amore. That's love. And I'm like, what does that even mean? Right? <laughs> so we've just been struggling for I mean, also there's a line in that song that love is like a gay tarantula. And I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> what? 
So if you guys can uh, decipher that song for me, I still uh, don't have my head around it. But the point is, like, defining what love really is is something cultures and people have not gotten a grasp on for a long, yeah. long time. Long yeah, time. for sure. So you talked about how love is kind of this sacrificial part. We talked about how agape is, that's really kind of the better definition of love, is this sacrificial Mm -hmm. love. And I want to dive into that a little bit. Um, Yeah. Because it's it's so simplified, but it's so hard to put into practice. And so I think think you're really, really right. What love really is, is something that God demonstrated to us. So... Mm -hmm. Most famous Bible verses, one of the most famous Bible verses of all time is John 3.16. I mean, we say it all the time. Um, You know, any good Christian kid knows John (laughs) 3.16. Or football player. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But I mean, simply put, one verse, it's, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever Mm -hmm. believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And we... we say that verse like it's no big deal. And sometimes we dwell on it, but we dwell on the different parts. Um, Usually in the church, at least we love the last half. The last half of John three 16 is whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And I mean, that's great that we dwell on that. That's why we are Christians in the first place. We've been given the gift of eternal life but we kind of forget the whole first part. The whole first part is God so loved the world that he gave his son. He loved. And that's why we have eternal life. It all comes back to that love part. And so I don't know, thinking about that, what is love? Well, looking at John three sixteen, the great love of God was murder. <clears throat> have you ever thought about that? God's love was deciding to murder someone. (laughs) Yeah. Cause I mean, without, without the brutal murder, murder of Jesus, uh, the, the love plan from God would not have been accomplished. Well, that's such an interesting concept because when we think of love in today's culture, we definitely don't think "Ah, I'm going to murder you. You know, (laughs) um, that's not something we think of, but by his death, we are set free and by Jesus's sacrifice, like that going back to that idea of self-sacrificial love, that's what Jesus taught us. And that's how I think we need to be loving our spouses and our friends or whatever you slap the label of love on, I guess, you know, you need to love like Jesus does. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and love like God does, I think. Um, So we saw Jesus, there's multiple levels to this, but they all kind of boil down to this one idea of, of sac- sacrificial and purposeful love. Like they're, they're really pointed and really purposeful. When mm-hmm. we saw Jesus in his ministry, he was very purposeful with those he loved on. Um, and I like that terminology, he loved on. And, and when you think about Jesus, who did he go to? He went to like the woman at the well, somebody that people did not want to be around. She went to the well in the afternoon at the heat of day because she didn't want people to have to be in her presence. And that's who he sought out. And that's who he used to share uh, the gospel. I mean, where did he go? He went to Nain out, you know, a little village in the middle of nowhere. And that's where he performed (laughs) one of the greatest, coolest miracles of just raising a dead dude. Um, 
he went and he loved on people purposefully and he sacrificed for them. And I think that's really, really cool. And then we go to God. Yeah. Um, God saw all of this happening when it was time towards the end of Jesus's life. At the end of Jesus's life, he saw it all happening and Jesus was sitting there in the garden and he, he was, I mean, in my mind picture, I mean, he was begging and crying when he said, God, if there's any other way, let it be done. Right. We have a description of him sweating blood, which is, actually a medical condition that happens sometimes yeah, scientifically possible. Yeah. It's, <laughs> and it's like, what, how does that happen? But it's because you're, you're so stressed out, uh, that you sweat blood. So, I mean, yeah. God watched that. God watched his son begging for any other way. God watched him be, uh, drugged down the street, whipped so far as it was, uh, at risk of him dying, they kind of went too far. They watched God watched him drag his cross and hang there in agony and be spit upon. And so God's love was hard; it was sacrificial. Yeah. And but I mean, it was it was with purpose because that's what would save all of these people. But yeah, it was it was sacrificial. It was hard. What do you think? Mm. Yeah, no, that's a <clears throat> that's really good point and. You know, he he went to, like you said, that insignificant little village and performed a great miracle. I think Mm -hmm. that shows love greater than anything because, you know, he could have went into one of the big cities or one of the commercial areas of that time, and that would have been probably seen more and better received. But he didn't. He chose to look out for the little guy and chose to go to the little town to perform that miracle. Um, Kind of building on that a little bit, when we look at the fruits of the Spirit, something we go into... um, that I think is important is the first fruit of the spirit. When it talks about it is love. It's like as simple as that. He, 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 he could have put joy first, could put patience first, could put peace first, but no, he says fruits of the spirit are love, Love. joy, peace, patience. And he does that back in first Corinthians chapter 13 as well. When he says, you know, the last of these remain, but the greatest of these is love. And Again, he could have put those in any order, but what does he put first? He puts first love. And I think in order for us to understand what love is, what better way than to look at Jesus's ministry? Because everything Jesus did, everything Jesus built his ministry on, every part situation he was in was about love and love alone. For the most part. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. And um, a few weeks ago, I talked about loving your neighbor and... Basically, when Jesus, I mean, Jesus is preaching and speaking and, and talking to people and uh, the Pharisees, like they do, come up to him and say, hey, what's yeah. the greatest? What's the greatest of all of God's commands from all of the history of all of man? <laughs> and like, what a trapping question. But he answers it so, so smoothly. And he says, the greatest command is love the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind and soul. Yeah. And the mm. second is equally great. That's Harold's paraphrase. But second, equally, is love your neighbor as yourself. Now, you can break those down uh, so, 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 so much more. But the simplicity of it is the very top of what God and Jesus are teaching is love. Yeah. It's love. Another great verse I had, Christian, that uh, I really think speaks volumes is 1 John chapter 4. Oh, yeah. Yep. Verse 10. And I 
It's Thursday, guys. I still haven't completed my sermon. I know what I'm going to talk about on Sunday, but I'm going to use 1 John 4 and 3 a lot because these are some great, great chapters on love. Um, but just one verse from 1 John chapter 4, verse 10. Uh, John writes, he says, This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. So, we are to love God. Jesus said that himself, but that's not even the full grasp of love. When John says, yeah. what's the full grasp of love? Well, it's, it's this sacrifice that God made. It's the sacrifice when he sent his son. So it all kind of comes back to that, like, not about me. It's about sacrificing a whole, whole <clears throat> lot. And I think, yeah. I think that's really, really challenging to us. Oh, because, definitely. <laughs> I mean, like, when I, when I concluded this sermon, I said, so what is love? God is love. Because that was mm. the greatest example of love was God's huge sacrifice uh, that he made for man. But we are also challenged by Jesus to love God and then to love our neighbors. And then by Jesus later to love our enemies. And then by John to love our brothers. And so starting with how can we love, we're supposed to love like God. That is a huge, huge challenge. Yeah. No, it is. And I and I think too many times because of how we've portrayed love in the past in our culture, we want to think that love is an easy task. We want to think that love is as easy as accepting something or easy as, you know, okay, I'm going to love you now. It's not. Yeah. Real love, the love that Jesus shows and the love that God showed us by sending his son is not an easy love because my goodness, look how many times Israel fall and Israel fell from God mm. and then came back so many times. If I was God, I would have gave up on them a long time ago, but he didn't. And God doesn't give up on us either because, you know, we're not contrary to what you may believe. We're not an easy creature to deal with. Humans are tough beings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I mean, <laughs> So has, has human uh, mindset, has human practice changed? Not really that much. No. Humans are still humans, right? And so Christian's yeah. saying in the Old Testament, they're wandering in the desert. We have, oh man, we have so much patience and love from God. Oh, and, yeah. and thank God we still have that today. Like literally, <laughs> thank the Lord that he still extends that patience and that sacrificial love because here's the thing. He didn't have to. I mean, he could have created um, humans however he... I mean, he's got everything in his hand. But yet he he had the plan to create humans who would ultimately uh, turn their back on him and sin. And he was still going... I mean, he knew he was going to have to sacrifice his son. He knew the pain and agony that was going to take. And he chose to do that. Yeah. So... We talked about it a few weeks ago. So what do we do with that? What do yeah, we do with that's... the fact that, that the love of God is so incredibly powerful? What do, how, do we, how do we love like that? <laughs> that's such a good question. And I think, you know, it goes back to what I said earlier and not to reiterate everything I've said, but I think it's not looking at how I can fulfill my needs with love, but looking how I can fulfill other people's needs with love. Um, you look at any good any good re- example of a relationship that I've seen, y'all. I'll use my 
I guess I use my mom and dad for this kind of cliche, but you know, when I look at their marriage and everything and you know, my dad has sacrificed so much with taking a different job position or doing different things throughout his mm -hmm. life um, and has been a sacrifice, but in the long run has been for the kingdom of God or has been a sacrifice for this reason or whatever, what have you. And not just in husband, wife relationships or boyfriend, girlfriend relationships, not just in those, but in friendships, in, you know, different areas of our lives that, that we show love to people. It's all about what can I do for that person or hmm. how can I fulfill their needs rather than fulfilling my own, which is contrary to what we're taught in media because we're taught in media sure. that love is a self-fulfilling thing. That is a self-gratification. Yeah. Uh, cur current media. I mean, I've only been alive for, you know, a quarter of a century. So, <laughs> but, um, so, but I mean, we think about current, it. Yeah. What is love, according to our our definitions, is it's all self focus. It's like love is the good feelings. Love is when uh, somebody takes care of you. Love is when, yeah. and it's all focused on us. But the funny thing is, I don't know if it's funny, but when we talk about New Testament love, when Jesus talked about love, every example that he gave is not about yourself. First, what we've talked about so far is God's love. That wasn't about God selfishly doing that. Um, right. That was about people. And then when it comes mm -hmm. to people, how are we to love? Um, the three I'm going to talk about are all to other people. Like you've said, love your neighbor, love your enemy, love your brothers, love one another yeah. is, is how mm -hmm. first John says it. So it's like going out and, and loving on other people is really what we're called to do. Um, yeah. What I referenced it earlier, um, Matthew twenty two thirty six through forty is where Jesus or the Pharisees are are trying Jesus, and he basically snaps back with "Love the Lord your God, and then love your neighbor as yourself." So we know that's mm -hmm. a different uh, that's out right. We're to love our neighbors, and that's in Galatians five fourteen uh, as well. Paul reiterates it, saying, "For the whole law is fulfilled in one word: you shall love your neighbor as yourself." Uh, James says it, you fulfill the whole law according to scripture. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. If you do that, you are doing well. That's James 2, yeah. 8. And, and then, you know, it's like, well, who's our neighbor? <laughs> That's not me. <laughs> That's not myself. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think, you know, it's, it's about shifting that mindset, you know, self-love isn't necessarily a, a, a bad thing. It is though, if we allow it to control our love for others. And so when we allow that idea of self-gratification or self-love to overseed or be put above loving other people is where that becomes a problem, I guess is how yeah. I would put well, that. Yeah, I'm really glad you said that, too, because Jesus himself said uh, back in that Matthew verse, right? Uh, let me make sure I'm doing this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So there's that right. last word yeah. is, is yourself. And like, okay, yeah. so we have to love ourselves, too. We do. We do. So what, yeah. what does that mean? What do you think loving yourself in the proper boundaries looks like? I, I, I think it's not being conceited. Again, I think it's about realizing, okay— you know, I love myself. I'm thankful that God has given me a life and breath. I am thankful that I'm on this earth. I'm thankful that I'm able to have an impact on other people. But it's not allowing that self-love to be, wow, dude, I am the bee's knees. Like I am, I mean, just to use a 1950s true. term. But yeah, I mean, just, be, you know, 
Uh, and I think that's really hard in our culture because, again, we are in a very, very self-serving culture, um, a very sensitive culture, I guess I should say. Um, and, you know, when we shift our mindset from the idea of, you know, not being so conceited to, okay, I'm thankful and I do love myself because I do think we're called to uh, a part of us to love ourselves because, you know, God wants us to love ourselves because, you know, we're his creation and wonderfully and, and purposely purposefully thank you wow um made and so i think i think it goes back to that idea of not being so conceited where it becomes too much of a roadblock again it's a cultural um definition problem that we've gotten ourselves into right we we uh as christians like i've heard many christians say whether they mean to say or not say don't love yourself and the reason that they say that is right what you said. It's not, it's like being caught up in um, self-centered selfishness. I mean, selfishness is right. the best word. And then when we say it in our culture, that's what people think of too, you know? And they can take it so many different ways. I love me, <laughs> you know? <All> right. <laughs> and like, <laughs> yeah. It's so, so crazy. But here's the thing. We are to love ourselves because yeah. God God loves us. And mm-hmm. you know what? He made us special. I mean, like we kind of gloss over that sometimes, but he formed us in his own image. He created us each uniquely and wonderfully made is what the scriptures say. Yeah. And so what's not to love about this beautiful creation that God has made? Right. I mean, right. what's not to love about this earth that we get to roam around? I mean, there's some ugly spots, okay? But there's some beautiful spots too. <laughs> What's right. not to yeah. love? And so I think just, I think you're absolutely right. This idea of self-love is is scriptural, but it's to, I think it's more instead of, you know, being selfish and arrogant, it's more to dwell on the idea of, look how special God has made me. Look how mm-hmm. unique and perfect and imperfect I am. God made that for just just for the fun of it. And well, I, I think, think it's understanding. Special. Yeah, no, I like that word special. And I think it's understanding your talents that God has given you um, too as well. Like realizing, hey, you know, for me, it's like, hey, I can sing okay. So why don't I use that for God, sure. you know, or something as simple as, wow, I can serve well. So why don't I go serve a homeless shelter or, you know, whatever your talents are, it doesn't just have to be those specific examples, but whatever your talents are, you can step back and say, wow, thank you, God. And I love that you have given me this talent or this ability. Um, But again, that's a slippery slope too. You got to be careful with that because sometimes you can be like, yeah, dude, I am like Justin Timberlake. Like I'm so good at singing. Right. See how that can go too far in one. Right. Yeah. Right. So, you know, it's all about balance and being and careful with that. But, you know, we can't love other people unless we love ourselves. Absolutely. The right way. The right way. Uh, love ourselves like God loves us. Um, exactly. David's, David sang it or said it or poetized it amazingly <laughs> in Psalm 139, uh, 13 through 15. He says, for you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Whatever are your works, my soul knows them very well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was being made in secret, you intricately wove in the depths of the earth. Mm. So David says, 
I was intricately woven together by you, God. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Before I was even a human, you were working on me to make me special. And that's the kind of self-love we should have. We should love that God made us special. Yeah. And then we can go love our neighbors. Right. I mean, that's that ties right into that. And it not does. only not only did Jesus say, you know, love God and love your neighbors, he he later also said, love your enemies. He did. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> we like to skip over that one. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely right. Um <laughs> Yeah, absolutely right. Here's another problem we have in our culture. Sorry to rant on culture this episode. <laughs> man, we freaking love to make enemies. <laughs> Yes, we do. I mean, have you opened your eyes the last 10 years? I mean, okay, you don't even have to look far. Just like stick your head out your window and see if you can make an enemy by accident. Because we love it. You look on social media, everybody's against each other. Um, Cancel. Cancel (laughs) culture. Man, it's just like, and I don't think we would call it enemies, but it's definitely not unity. So what's the definitely not yeah of unity? It's enemies, and yeah. I mean it only took a couple chapters after Matthew two to Matthew five for Jesus to say, uh, verse forty three forty four. You've heard it said you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. I'm like, all right, I can get behind that, Jesus. He says, ah, <laughs> uh, but 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 I Actually, say to you, <laughs> you should love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Ooh. Oof. what so how do you think we should how how, christian from your perspective how do we do that oh man it's a good question uh i think you know again jesus the way he taught was so counter-cultural even back then this isn't anything new the people back then struggle with the same things we're struggling with today when it comes to like you know maybe not to the extremes but same you know they're people um but what i think is how i would approach that is not letting people get to you. And that's very hard. Um, Absolutely. Because, you know, it's super easy for us to get offended, especially in today's day and age. But what I think is important is seeing people first and foremost as creations of God. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's how I handle that. When I when I dislike someone, um, yeah, I have disliked people. Whoa. No, but like <laughs> when I dislike, sorry, when I, when I have like, had a disagreement with someone or I'm at mad at someone or dislike this person. First, I think, okay, Christian, before you say something, you regret, they are mm-hmm. a creation of God. They are mm-hmm. fearfully and wonderfully made. So how are you going to approach this? Then I go usually in with a half calm head um, because I'm fighting it all the way. Yeah. But eventually I'm like, okay, I need to realize that they're a creation of God first. That's how I handle it. Anyway. Yeah, and you break down like Luke 6 or Matthew 5, looking at who's our enemy, and it, it outlines a few things. It says, people who hate you, people who abuse you, people who persecute you. But I think the biggest one in our culture is just like what you said, anyone we make our own enemy. Because we can, we can mentally decide, you know what, I'm going against this person, or I'm going at them like they're creation of God, right? And so yeah. I think I think it's a big part to not make enemies. Um Romans 12, 14 through 21. I don't know if I'll read it all, but it says, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with mm-hmm. those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Don't be haughty, but associate with the lowly and never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, 
but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all people. I think if we put that on the front end before we even make enemies, which I think is what um, Paul's writing to the church in Rome to do, he says, Mm -hmm. before you even have enemies, decide to do this. Decide to love all people as, as much as possible within you. Be at peace with all people. Live in harmony with people. And that's what you were just yeah. describing. You said, reminding myself that this is a child of God just the same. Let me live in harmony with them. So. Yeah, I saw a post the other day. I think it was great. But it listed all the p- political candidates, said they were all fearfully and wonderfully made. And I was like, mm. that's awesome. Because I think sometimes we'll take someone's political identity um, where they are on um, a certain issue or where they stand on a certain issue. It doesn't just have to be politics, but we take that and we make that their identity. We say, okay, mm. I hate this person because of this, but we need to slow down and say, look, as much as you dislike that person, God loves them even more. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I mean, what are we supposed to, we're, we're not just supposed to be like, okay with them being different than us. We're not no, just supposed to recognize. No. Um, I mean, it's good to say that they are fearfully and wonderfully made. They're also creations, but we can't just stop there, whether it's our no. neighbor or our enemy. No, um, we can't. I think really, a good example of that Harold real yeah. quick, sorry not to interrupt you, but no, is good. Jesus with the woman at the well, because he says, go and sin no more. You know, he, he realizes, okay, you're a creation of God, but, Go and sin no more. Like, it's not just, you're creation to God. You're good. <laughs> awesome. You know, it's it's cool more, <laughs> hey, yeah, it's like, hey, all right, I realize that you are a fellow human or uh, lack of a better term or child of God or whatever, um, and I love you, but I want you to not sin no more. And I think that's how we need to approach people with arguments. And, and another and kind of yeah. <laughs> yeah another aspect of that too is we saw this in Jesus's life the whole time um, he never spoke illly of sinners the people he spoke illly of were the religious folk <laughs> but like <laughs> yeah. the lost people so I think something else we can apply to that is man we are we're to speak well of we're to bless people with our words um, yes. even even if we consider them our enemy, even if we hate them, even if they're on the other side of politics or whatever you're picking, okay? Um, we, we're not to speak illy of anyone. No. Because, I mean, we yeah. were sinners just like them and probably still are. Uh, sinner in recovery is all I am, okay? I'm trying my very best. Um, yeah. But we, we should still speak highly of them. And we should do, we should love on them by, by doing well and doing good to them. Um mm. That's what Jesus did with the woman at the well. He he worked with her and he did good with her, even though she was a great sinner. And it's not a new idea. Uh, God kind mm-hmm. of instilled that even in the Old Testament to do good and love your enemies. Um, let me find it here. Exodus 23, verses 4 and 5. Uh, this is way Old Testament, right? Second book of the Bible. God already has instilled this idea of doing good to your enemies. It says in... Exodus 23, verse 4. If you meet your enemy's ox or his donkey and it's going astray, you shall bring it back to him. If you see the donkey of one who hates you lying down under a burden, you shall refrain from leaving him with it and you shall rescue it with him. So like all the way back in Exodus, God's telling his people to, instead of hating your enemies, help them out when they're in times of trial. 
if you see something like the example here is if their ox is running away, rescue the ox and bring it back to your enemy. Don't just say like, ha, you're a mean person, so I'm not going to help you. Go back and help. But in modern terms, if they're on the side of the road and their tire is bad, you know, like simple, uh, making that connection. But yeah, that's a, that's a good point. You know, it's from the very beginning. It's not just a new command. It's not a new idea. Not new at all. So like there's so much to love and I, I really think we belittle it and we say far too little about it in our culture because we boil it down to a bubbly <laughs> feeling. We boil it down yeah. to a holiday where we give flowers and chocolates or in Christian's case, uh, Mountain Dew and video <laughs> game. <laughs> Panda, uh, Express. <laughs> Panda Express. Dude, I, I'm slightly jealous just so everyone knows like we don't have a Panda Express. I don't know where the you news know, Panda Express is, but uh, my other cousin Justin Harold calls it the city life. But you know, whatever. No, <laughs> uh, your cousin Justin calls your life the city life. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> I love <laughs> anyway. it. Anyway, city life. Anyway, so there's just there's so much to love, but it all there comes is. back. All comes back to this idea of what is real love. Well, real love yeah. is like it's like what God gave. It's it's what God is continuing to give. It's sacrificing his son and watching all of that torment happening. But he was purposeful with his, that sacrifice. And I think the important part, you know, we can have examples of what love is and, and look at, you know, Jesus is the ultimate example, but we're never going to fully know what love is until we are with God. Um, and it's as simple as that. Um, and I think, I think sometimes if we sit here and try to figure it out, it becomes so complicated and so instrued in, in different things that we start to believe that it's one way when really it's not. Um, and I yeah. think from my point of view, uh, love is such a complicated issue, but it's one that we can figure out by loving people as Jesus did. That yeah. makes any sense at all. <laughs> and and we can try our best to love like God. And, and we will just like being perfect, like Christ being sinless, we will never achieve God's love, but man, it will be so amazing when we can mm actually be there in heaven with him and be like what this is what real love looks like yeah we had no idea we tried our best but god this is like this is so much greater than we could ever have (laughs) imagined yeah and so greatest of these is love the greatest of faith hope love love is the greatest that's first corinthians 13 13 and we read that a few weeks back but man Love overcomes everything. It's incredible. Hmm. Well, Christian, you got anything else? I mean, it's one podcast no. episode about love. but you wrapped it up pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> no, you wrapped it up pretty well. I think just the one thing I want to reiterate is just when we're loving, remember that it's not for self-gratification. That loving is not about, um, and when we love ourselves, it's not about being conceited. It's about realizing that mm-hmm. we are a wonderful creation. And that Absolutely. realizing other people are too. Yeah. And because you're a wonderful creation, a human as God made you, don't beat yourself up when you don't love your neighbor or your enemy or your brother perfectly. Because as we just mm. talked about here at the end, we will never love as perfectly as God, but we're just going to yeah. try our very best. Don't give up. Keep trying your very best until the end. Fight the good fight. Amen. Run the good race. Um, it'll be great when we get there. When we see what true love is like. Amen. 
Well, guys, thanks for listening to the show. Um, we yeah. are in search of new topic ideas. So if you, the listener, have a, a topic that you want to hear us talk about, uh, just let us know. Hit, hit us up on Facebook at the Live Bold Podcast. Um, we would love to hear from you and any topic idea. If you know Christian personally, you know me personally, uh, say, hey, Harold, you should talk about this. Hey, Christian, you should talk about this. Yeah. We'd love to do that. We'd love to we talk would. about it. Hmm. Let's see. What else do we got on the housekeeping agenda? I think that's pretty much everything. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. We're getting close yeah. to the end of season one. Oh, uh, we've got a couple more episodes and then we'll be wrapping up season one of the Live Bold podcast. So crazy. We'll, we'll wrap it up and then we'll come back. So don't worry. We'll be back next time. So. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, until next time, I'm Harold. I'm Christian. And this is the Live Bold podcast. Catch you later.